This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Good morning. It is Thursday, August 13th, and you're listening to the College Football Daily. My name is Trey Scott. I'm joined right now by Chip Brown, Texas insider for Horns 24-7 and the guy who's dialed into the Big 12. Chip, we've got some good news because the Big 12 is going to try to do this and not only try to do this, but they released a schedule on Wednesday afternoon, which seems sort of like a, a shot to anyone who thought they might not be serious about playing. But what's the latest down there and what is Commissioner Bob Bowlesby saying about trying to have a fall football season? Yeah, I mean, I, I got to say... Trey, it was interesting because um, while the athletic directors were positive and and felt like the majority of uh, the schools were pointed towards a fall football season, you know there are a lot of new faces on the on the board, the presidents and chancellors, including at Texas and Oklahoma, both with first year presidents. And it's one thing to to have your your athletic directors, your medical personnel, and 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 then experts in the medical field, and the Big Twelve is being advised by, you know, people from the Mayo Clinic, from the you know infectious disease doctors, from the Duke Medical Center. But it's another thing to make a decision right on the same day that the the Big Ten, the venerable Big Ten, and the Pac-12 announced that they are not uh, going to. Ha- have a fall football schedule. And I got to say for all the, all the beatings that the big 12 has taken as the Island of misfit toys over the years, since realignment sort of tore the league apart. And then, and then ESPN overpaid uh, for the Longhorn network. And they did that to keep Texas in the big 12. Well, that rankled, you know, A&M and Missouri and they took off and, and so to have that history and and then see this conference stand together and and the Big 12 uh, officials I talked to and I hope people will head over to Horns 24/7 and read my story uh because you know they're not comfortable talking on the record it was the president's moment but a lot of Big 12 officials are really confident and uh, they put a lot of work into their testing, their protocols. They're they're testing um, the heart with EKGs, echocardiograms, um, and and they're they're confident that right now the safest people on their campus are fall sport athletes, including football. And and I had one you know Big Twelve one official at a Big Twelve school say if we're not fighting for these kids against this adversity and the perception and all the criticism. Um, If we're not fighting uh, for them to be able to play the sport they love and keep them safe because they really, these, you know, one school administrator after another I spoke with said, they're the safest people on our campus. They're getting tested twice. Um, They're getting heart tests. They're in protocols to keep them, 
you know, out of trouble. Uh, and, and now, uh, one told me, you know, we have this carrot of competition, which helps us leverage their behavior, um, and, and being safe in social settings. So, you know, it, it was empowering. I mean, I, I walked away from these conversations saying, wow, the big 12's grown up, you know, um, because I think a lot of people felt, uh, that the, the big 12, you know, might crater and listen, we're not guaranteed a college football season. Everything can change. We know that, but I, I think it's great that the big 12, which has a really strong, um, lineup of athletic directors, that the presidents of these universities and Burns Hargis, the president at Oklahoma state is now the only athletic director that was around during realignment back in 2010. Um, TCU's president has been in, in position since 2003, but TCU wasn't a member of the big 12 until 2011. So, um, you know, they trusted their athletic directors. They are listening to their student athletes. They're listening to the medical community and Trey, we still don't know why the Big Ten had the about face that they had. I mean, Kevin Warren seemed like he was on the Big Ten network for two hours uh, the day that the Big Ten announced, you know, on on Tuesday. But I didn't hear him say anything. And so I don't I, I, I the Big Ten looks like the scattered box of BBs on the floor right now. And and the Big 12 is being very matter of fact and and proceeding with uh, plans for a, a fall football season and, and announcing the schedule on Wednesday, I thought, wow, what a, what a resounding statement. Yeah. We're not just kicking the can down the road. We're planning uh, to have a fall football season. Yeah. No question. The roles have reversed a little bit. The big 12 sounds super confident right now. Bullsby did a really good job. I thought um, with his, his teleconference or press conference or however that went down. I did feel like, though, earlier in the week, there was some serious doubt uh, to what the Big 12 would do, which surprised me, Chip. I thought and, for yeah, sure and, Big 10 and Pac-12 would cancel, and I, I I thought the ACC would be the one who was middle of the road, and I thought the Big 12 would be for sure playing, and, and maybe that's because I'm overestimating the Texas and the Oklahoma influence here because those are the two power brokers in the conference, and those are the schools that you would think would be screaming the largest or the loudest to have a season. Yeah. And I, there were, you know, some reports from other outlets about, you know, there was a group over here that was for it. There was a group against it and a group in the middle that, that was not what I was hearing that the, what I was hearing was the majority was on board, but they wanted to hear from their medical experts. I mean, certainly the big 10, um, with this about face, I mean, six days ago, what a week ago, they're racing, you know, to the big 10 network to announce their college football season that was set to start on September 5th. And, you know, Kevin Warren had said he would alert the other, uh, conference, you know, power five conferences. If, if they were to go to non-conference, uh, or conference only, he did not do that. Then he races to the TV to announce a schedule. He's not communicating with the other power five commissioners. And then when his presidents are ready to, uh, you know, cancel a fall football season, he goes to the commissioners like, Hey, anyone with us? And they're like, I'm sorry, are you calling us now? And 
you know, that I don't know if Kevin Warren, who I heard Jason Whitlock on Fox radio this week, who had Kevin Warren as his agent, uh, when Jason Whitlock was a columnist in Kansas city, say that he believes Kevin Warren wants to be the NFL commissioner one day. Uh, and I don't know if he's trying to, you know, flex like Jim Delaney, the Godfather, uh, but he did not do a very good job. And, and now his, as we said, his conference, he's got Ryan day trying to schedule, you know, uh, a spring season right now. And Nebraska, Scott Frost saying, Hey, we're open to scheduling games with another conference. If that's, out there. And, um, and I, I agree with you, Bob Bowlesby's not a guy who's going to win the, the flash and pizzazz and charisma contest, but the guy's as steady as the Mississippi. And he, he came on my radio show in Austin, uh, a month ago and said, we have to figure out a way to coexist with, with COVID-19, uh, because it's probably not going away for two years. And, that's the mentality that he's had and that the whole league has had that we're going to, we're going to find ways to do our best to protect our student athletes, put in protocols so that when they go to practice, they can feel confident that there's no COVID-19 in, in our bubble. And, and I talked to big 12 officials who said, listen, when our general population of students start to come back to campus, there's going to be, some positive tests. There could be a little spike. We anticipate that. We're good with that. Our presidents know that. And we're, we're going to continue to, to press on. Um, and, you know, one, one Big 12 official said, if, if we're not doing this, if we're not fighting for our student athletes against this adversity um, to help them play the sport that they love, what are we doing? We failed the mission. Um, if we're listening to critics and there are a lot of critics in the media, Trey, I mean, guys I've known for 20 years that are the biggest doom and gloomers. And I had no idea about, and I'm like, are you in these meetings talking to these medical experts? I mean, I don't pretend to, I don't pretend to know more than infectious doctor <laughs> disease doctors at Duke. I'm going to trust that these grownups, yeah, there's a lot of money on the line for football, but there's no athletic director in the world who's going to, you know, throw his student athletes to the wolves. Um, they're trying to do it safe and sound and, and, you know, coexist with a, a, a virus that we're still learning about. And uh, I really applaud the big 12. I mean, I, I, I said after the, the meeting on, uh, on Tuesday night uh, and after talking to big 12 officials, this is a, I have like a newfound respect for the league with the way that they've handled this. And again, it could all change tomorrow. The season could go up in smoke, but uh, the big 12 stood up and they did it with sound reasoning and, and based on, you know, what their medical experts are telling them and the desire of their student athletes for them to continue fighting for it. Yeah. The big 12 is going to try to get this thing going conference play starting on September 26th. Do you think they're still going to try to get a non-conference game in? To me, that seems less plausible than maybe it did two weeks ago. I think that's more, um, you know, shaky than it yeah. was when they announced it. I mean, I, I think it's um, less of a priority. I think because the other conferences were bigger and they could play 10 conference-only uh, game schedules, the Big 12 felt a need for a data point. But I don't know that that is 
critical anymore. I know Texas was trying to to line up UTEP on September 12th. UTEP's had some positive tests. They paused, um, you know, their practices. I know Texas would like to help the UT system family member there with a with a 1.4 million dollar payday, and I think UTEP wants that payday. Um, but we'll we'll have to see. Obviously, the group of five conferences are in a different world in terms of financially being able to afford to do the testing that Bob Bowlesby talked about because they're doing EKGs, echocardiograms, MRIs on the heart um, because that apparently, we don't really know what the Big Ten uh, about face was about, but that those were the rumblings that they were seeing some some heart stress uh, on student athletes who'd had COVID-19. And again, did they get COVID-19 before they got back on campus or while they were on campus? Um, there's so much, you know, information and misinformation out there and fear and fear. And I think that's where uh, the big 12, you know, trusting their medical people, trusting their, their protocols, because like Jim Harbaugh putting out on social media, uh, Texas announced last Friday that they've, you know, done nearly 500 tests. They've had 27 athletes across five sports test positive, and that was at the initial screening. And then, um, you know, uh, well, no, 17 at the initial screening, then 10 uh, since then, and and then none, no positive tests in the last three weeks. So. I think those were the kind of numbers the Big 12 was looking at, their presidents and chancellors, when they they said, let's keep planning for a fall football season. I'm going to send you out with this. And on the other side of the break, I have a conversation with Michael Brunts, who's one of our Nebraska football beat writers for Husker 24-7. Chip, you know Nebraska well. I mean, you covered conference realignment back in the day. And in Nebraska, when they left, it was pretty messy when the Huskers left the Big 12. And now there's some, I mean, plenty of smoke that, that they want to find a, a dance partner for this fall. I'm not sure if it's feasible for them to leave the Big Ten, but they're at least exploring it. Have you heard anything uh, as far as them getting it t- together with the Big 12 just for, for one fall tryst, or has Bob Bowles be addressed that at all? Yeah, I mean, I think there has been some feelers, you know, put out to um, individual schools or, or um, but not you know, not to, from what I'm hearing, the power brokers in the conference are, are saying, Hey, we're, we're all full at the end here for scheduling games for this season. You know, if you want to continue this conversation as we head into the next round of media rights, then, you know, maybe we need to meet somewhere for coffee. Um, <laughs> They're, but, they, they want, they want a serious and committed relationship. Well, and I don't even know that the Big 12 wants that anymore, but I, I'm sure Nebraska can call some of their friends at the various schools uh, in the Big 12 and, and get a warm reception. I mean, I've heard Colorado would love to come back because, um, you know, their television deal has yeah. been way less than what they thought it was going to be. But, um, you know, that... Uh, as far as anything immediate, I don't, I don't think anything immediate is going to happen. I know BYU is also, you know, raising its hand to try and get on some schedules, but uh, it sounds to me like the big 12 is going to try and, you know, keep it as in-house as possible. 
And uh, as you said, I think even these non-conference games are a little bit, um, you know, on the, on the bubble. So we'll, we'll see, but um, no, I was there Trey uh, in 2011 when Nebraska was, I mean, their students were in the stadium two and a half hours before the game. They couldn't wait to, they were, they were planning to have Bevo stakes and, Garrett Crazy Legs Gilbert ran for 70 something yards that day and a couple of touchdowns and and Texas stuffed it um you know into Nebraska one more time I mean Texas was 9 and 1 against Nebraska in the Big 12 and 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 Texas was a big part of the reason that Tom Osborne and um the powers that be at Nebraska at the time were were kind of fed up and ready to leave uh, and it's interesting to watch the reporting now because you're seeing, you know, some stories about, well, Nebraska didn't run to the Big Ten. It ran from the Big 12. And I always ask Nebraska fans, are you happy? Are you happy? Are you happier in the Big Ten? Are you, you know, do you miss being able to recruit in Texas and play a bunch of games in Texas um, and and traded all that for, you know, the cold and wind in Ann Arbor and Columbus and Penn State? and And they don't really – it's not resounding. I'll say that. I love it. Chip Brown, you can follow him at Chip Brown 247. Always good to talk to you, man. All right, Trey. Thanks, man. All right. We're going to take that quick break. We got Michael Brunts on the other side. He's going to answer the Nebraska perspective of that question. Are the Huskers really going to try to get out? Introducing the two-way V4, where groundbreaking fuel cell technology meets fresh foam cushioning for the ultimate performance. With fuel cell, each step feels explosive, delivering unparalleled energy return. Paired with fresh foam, experience maximum comfort throughout the game. Its lightweight textile upper offers support and breathability without sacrificing agility. Whether you're hitting the clutch shot or locking down the opposition, the two-way V4 gives you the tools to play at a high level. Learn more and purchase the two-way for yourself at newbalance.com. Okay, bringing in Michael Brunts right now. Michael, thanks for joining us. I appreciate it. You guys got a lot going on up there in Nebraska. My first question to you, on a scale of 1 to 10, lay out the likelihood that Nebraska is actually serious about uh, leaving the Big Ten this fall and playing somewhere else. Well, I I think they would, if they had the option to do it, I think they would, Um, you know, from, from kind of, hearing what the uh the big tens position is on it it sounds unlikely at this point but you know i I think nebraska has been pretty clear this week uh and it's felt like this uh it's been about 10 weeks since they uh, had the press conference on monday but um you know they they wanted to play this year they they felt like they wanted to give it a shot this year and you know I, i think that uh you know, if they could, they would, but it, it, it seems like the options are, are kind of short uh, with the Big 12 releasing its schedule. There's not a ton of schools there, but I, I just don't uh, I don't see a way forward where they're going to be able to play anything close to a, uh, a, a full schedule or, or even a few games. Though, you know, today you had Ryan Day come out and kind of say that was something they were still looking at, so maybe that's still alive, but I just don't uh, I don't know that I see it in the cards for Nebraska this fall. So Big Ten Commissioner Kevin Warren said that, um, told Yahoo Sports' Pete Thamel that if Nebraska wants to stay in the Big Ten, they won't be playing anywhere this fall. Scott Frost said that the Huskers could be facing a haircut in the $80 million range up to $120 million range. 
And of course, the stake if they don't have a season. And of course, the stakes for leaving the Big Ten would be a conference doling out fifty-two million dollars a year. So let's let's take take a step back for a second because I do I do want to get into Scott Frost's comments and, and whether those surprised you. But what has the dynamic been like so far with Nebraska in the Big Ten the last ten years? I know they left the Big Twelve um, under acrimonious reasons and were excited about joining the Big Ten, and I don't know if it's gone up to expectations, but the money's pretty good. <laughs> yeah, the, the money's definitely been been good. Um, there's no doubt about that. I mean, I think, you know, when you look financially um, at, at what kind of has transpired since Nebraska joined the Big Ten, I think it makes a ton of sense compared to what they were doing in the Big 12. Um, you, you mentioned just the way that Nebraska left um, – the big 12, I mean, that they left because they, you know, felt like Texas was kind of looking out for themselves that Nebraska was losing a voice at the table. And, and it seemed like the, the big, the big 10 at the time kind of promised that. I, I think the, the perception from Nebraska and, and, you know, I think this is the perception of Nebraska fans too, is that, you know, in the, in the big 10 and especially under, under Jim Delaney's leadership, you know, the, the most important thing overall was the conference. And you, you were going to move forward uh, as a group. You, you were going to have consensus. There wasn't going to be infighting and all this other stuff. And, you know, I, I think with Jim Delaney retired, it, it feels a little bit like, you know, the, the, there's almost kind of like a, a power vacuum in a little, a, a little bit. And, and you know, I, I think Nebraska is kind of trying to find its voice a little bit still within the conference, too. Uh, obviously you know, the, the way that things have played out on the uh, the football field for Nebraska since they joined the Big Ten have probably not helped the power and, and range of their voice at the, the table. But, um, you know, I, I think, you know, financially and, and kind of the dollars and cents part of it, I think it makes a lot of sense uh, for them to be in the Big Ten. And it's, you know, long term, I think it makes sense for them to be there. And, and even if, you know, I, I know right now there's a lot of conversation about, oh, well, you know, Nebraska might look at, you know, leaving the Big Ten or going, you know, trying to go back to the Big 12, which is a little bit more, you know, at least geographically makes more sense than, than what the Big Ten is now. But I, 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 I would suspect that there's probably still some hurt feelings in the Big 12 as well for, for the way that uh, Nebraska left the first time around. And, you know, as much as they would, there, there's that old familiarity. I'm guessing there's probably uh, uh, some some uh, burned bridges and hurt feelings there too. Do you think when Scott Frost went up to the podium on Monday and said what he said, do you think he knew what it would turn into a few days later, where it's maybe the talk of college football, and that's saying something because there's certainly a lot to talk about. Yeah, I, I think if you actually go back and watch the the press conference. Before he said that they were, you know, looking at at all options, basically, you know, even outside the Big Ten to potentially play, he kind of paused. And, you know, the, the pause to me was, was kind of an, an acknowledgement uh, that, you know, what he was about to say was going to definitely be in headlines. Um, and and I, I think, you know, Nebraska's frustration uh, with, you know, the, the the way the Big Ten kind of went about it was that, they didn't feel like the, the the there were certain aspects I think of the debate that they didn't feel like were being emphasized enough. I mean, I I don't know that there's been a ton of 
discussion out there about, you know, what not actually, what not having a fall season actually means financially for a lot of places. I think Scott Frost has been very tuned in to, you know, what football means for a, a city like Lincoln, Nebraska, that's so dependent on those seven Saturdays in the fall. And, you know, Nebraska was among the first teams in the, in the country to bring their players back to campus in June. Um, you know, they've been really kind of hand in hand with the medical center uh, here at the University of Nebraska and, and kind of how to do that safely. So I think he was kind of trying to make sure that, you know, even if, you know, decisions were going to be made at the conference level, the conference level that, you know, resulted in football not being played this year, that at least, you know, these things needed to be said and considered at least on a, in, in a national way. Look, I think it's obviously highly unlikely that Nebraska finds a dancing partner for this fall. I think $52 million is a lot of money to risk, especially when we don't really know or, or really firmly believe that the SEC, Big 12, ACC are actually going to play. So all that being said, I think, I think Scott Frost is, this is sort of a genius PR stroke by him because like you're rallying up the fan base. You can throw this to recruits. I saw someone on Twitter kind of compared all of this stuff to like throwing the fan base red meat. And Michael, I, I'm on the the Husker 24-7 site, and you guys have a poll about like a, fans can vote in it, stay in the Big Ten, or go find somewhere to play. And everyone's, the majority is go find somewhere to play. So I would imagine this has helped Scott Frost boost his image a little bit after two pretty rocky years. Yeah, I mean, and it's, you know, it was interesting after he kind of had that press conference, um, you know, recruits were taking notice of what he had said. Um, and, and I think that was important, um, you know, for Nebraska to, to kind of say, like, look, you know, this is what we believe uh, for the first time and seemingly forever. Uh, Nebraska has, you know, kind of their their AD, their head coach, their, their chancellors, their presidents are all kind of aligned in, in what they think. I mean, that, that's been part of the reason that Nebraska struggled so much since they've been in the Big Ten. But, um, you know, they, they wanted to make a, a statement. And, you know, I, I think the fan base uh, wanted to play, uh, still wants to play. But, you know, I, I think at the end of the day, you know, given, you know, the, that very large number that you've mentioned a couple times about what they can expect to make in the Big Ten and also – the fact that the Big Ten is going to be one of the first uh, back at the bargaining table again later this decade, um, you know, you have to be careful. But, uh, you know, it's it's interesting nationally the heat that Nebraska's taken for for kind of just standing up and saying that they want to play football. Um, and, and I think part of that goes to, you know, how the Big Ten views itself. I think that's kind of uh, and, you know, you haven't seen a lot of schools in the past really speak up um, and go against the grain a little bit. I mean, it, will anything come of it? I don't know. But I, I just think that Nebraska felt like they needed to you know, represent their own interests as well as they could. Now, that's an interesting point about Nebraska becoming an easy target. It wouldn't be the case if you made the point of Ohio State or Ryan Dave doing this. If Ryan Day had the press conference, Scott Frost had the press, like, same press conference, you know, we wouldn't be ragging on Ryan Day. Um, I doubt Kevin Warren would have said in regards to Ohio State, you know, if they want to leave, they're not going to be in the Big Ten. I think it's it's easy for some people to take a little dig at Nebraska because this is a, 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 a school or a program or a brand, whatever way you slice it, perception has dipped in the last few years. I think some people 
might think Scott Frost isn't going to work out. And then you know, the more shots you take in Nebraska, if you're looking to build a big 10 up, it's a pretty easy thing to do. So I, I thought that was interesting that this is, is a, this is a very f- proud college football program, but right now it does seem to be an easy target for the national media. Well, it, it is. And like, and that's what I said. I mean, I think if, if Ryan day and Ohio state, and, and, you know, Jim Harbaugh even, you know, had some, some comments yep. too about wanting to play uh, James Franklin. Similarly, um, it, it is a different conversation. And, and, and I, I think, you know, going back to what I said, I mean, I, I think if Nebraska had had more success on the football field over the last decade since joining the Big Ten, I think maybe, you know, you, you don't feel like, you know, Nebraska and Scott Frost are kind of punching over their their weight a little bit right now. Um, so, you know, I, I think the conversation would certainly be different uh, among some of the national media if it were Ryan Day or somebody like that. But, uh, you know, that that's kind of the, you know, the mountain that Nebraska has to climb right now. And, uh, you know, you, you, it's been a tough decade <laughs> since they've been in the Big Ten. There's no denying that. But, um, yeah, I mean, it, the, the reaction and, and the pushback, I think, uh, is probably made a little bit easier by the fact that Nebraska really hasn't gotten it done uh, between the the lines the last few years. Michael, thank you so much for joining us, man. Hey, anytime, Trey. I appreciate it. Okay, that is going to do it for today's episode of the College Football Daily. I appreciate both of our guests, Chip Brown and Michael Brunts, coming on. Former Big 12 guys. Now Michael's out in the Big 10, for now, at least. I'm Trey Scott. Our producer is Tawny Levitt. He's done a great job putting this show together. Would like for me to remind you, this is per Tawny, to leave a five-star rating on Apple Podcast if you're feeling so inclined. We're working hard for you all to get your college football fix. And with that said, we'll talk to you on Friday for the next edition of the College Football Daily.